Hebrews chapter 11. I want the topic I want to look at is a firm rock. Um, one of the things you probably noticed, and it's rather obvious if you look around, um, you know, if you listen to the conversations of the day and news or podcasts or whatever you have in the world today, that one thing, you know, is, is quite quite clear and it, and it stands out regularly. And, and that is that there seems to be a very distinct lack of logic and reason in the world. Uh, you know, what maybe, maybe even as early as 10 years ago, you might have considered as topics that are not questionable are now for debate. You know, simple truths that you would say, who would ever question that? is no longer even considered to be true. And the idea of absolute truth or the truth that seems untenable to most people, something that can't be reached, something that doesn't even exist. Now you would have thought this is crazy. So logic is hard to find, reason, reason is hard to find. You know, if you look at the base foundation of life, uh, those who believe in a living God, all truth that is truth and, and is based on the Word of God. You know, if you look at the, the law systems developed in England and eventually in America, Canada, and so forth in the world, all those law systems, legal systems, are based on the Word of God in its bottom base, you know, raw form. So when you find truth, the truth that, when, there, when you see truth, in the end, it goes back to the origin, who is God. God is the origin. So when you, when you find and you look around you and there's a very distinct lack of logic and truth and reason, the only reason it could, could be is because the truth of God, God's Word, is not being made known. It's not there to be listened. People aren't looking at it. Because if in the end it goes back to that and it's not there anymore... <laughs> The source, the origin of it is gone. You know, and so you might say that in this world that we, you know, um, we used to call it the sea of speculation, you know, and the vast ocean of doubt. You remember those terms that we're surrounded by, and it's still true today. The Word of God is a firm rock in the midst of that sea and ocean. It's, it's, the, word, it's the Word of God that takes speculation. And, and doubt out of our lives. And without that, people will always flounder with illogic and unreason and you know, a lack of what the Word of God promises, a sound mind. It says in the Bible that God has given us a spirit of fear. Not the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. We don't have the spirit of fear. We have power, love, and a sound mind, or whole thoughts. So lack of whole thoughts, lack of reason, lack of logic is due to not having the Word of God being given and made known. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3 says, Therefore, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. In the working translation, this reads, By believing we understand that the ages have been fully prepared by the word of God. For that which is seen has not come into existence from things that are visible. See, it is the word of God that holds 
ascendancy in every age of life. It's the Word. When I speak, when I speak about the Word of God, I mean, and I, I think we understand that, but I mean both the Scriptures and that which God reveals to people as is necessary in specific situations. And there is ample evidence of that in the Word of God from day one. So His Word, the Word that He gives, whether it's the written Word or the you know, um, revealed Word to Revelation, that holds ascendancy through all ages. That's what Hebrews is saying. It's the, world, the ages are framed by the Word of God. That which God says and that which He makes known, that is paramount. And if people turn from that or don't embrace that, then they will be full of speculation and doubt and be drifting in an ocean. Always. Uh, in John chapter 1. John chapter 1. The word holds ascendancy because the author is reliable and trustworthy. In John chapter 1. Scriptures you know very well, I'm sure. Verse 1. In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And down, if you jump down to verse 14, And the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus Christ is the living word. Jesus Christ is the living word. He always did the Father's will. That's why you could say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Because what he said and what he spoke was his Father's word. He was the living word. He is still the living word. Amongst many, many other titles that he now has because of what God has made him to be. As we've looked at. He, he's the, he, he made known the word that's the best thing that he knew to do was to make known his father's word and that's exactly what he did in um we'll look at it in Matthew chapter 7 that's why you can say this in chapter 7 I'll read this to you he always spoke god's word and in John chapter Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 it says therefore Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine. So when he says these sayings of mine, whose sayings are they? If he always spoke the Father's word, when he says these sayings of mine, what's he saying? He's saying the word. Whoever takes heed to these. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. See, the sayings of his that come from God is what gives you a firm rock in the sea and speculation and ocean of doubt. It's the word of God that is that firm rock. And so he said, Jesus Christ said, look, if, you're gonna, if you want to be, have a firm anchor, a firm rock, just listen to what I'm telling you because what I'm telling you is what my, God, my father has told me to tell you. And, and when, you, when you listen, it says that you build, it's like you build your house upon a rock and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew. And tell me, don't you constantly get rain, winds, and floods when it comes to the Word of God in your life? It's constant. 
There's no end to it. And there will be no end to it until the return of Jesus Christ. It's going to happen. That's just the way it is. So he says, look, you want to stay firm on that rock when the winds come and the rain and all the wind, all the floods, all the stuff. Because you listen to the sayings that I'm telling you, the word of God. And what happens? And beat upon that house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock. What is that rock that it's founded upon? It uh, are the sayings of Jesus Christ, the word of God. And Jesus Christ is also the living word. So it's the word, the word, the word. That's what it is. That's where you found your house. If you want to combat and get through the floods and winds and, and storms of life. It's all, that's what it is. That's what he said. Now, otherwise, on the other side, and everyone that does in verse 26, that heareth the, and everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not, on the other side, and there are plenty in that category, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass, when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority. The word of God has authority in your life, in this world, in every age. The word of God has authority. You can confidently, without doubt, speak the word of God. In any situation, it has authority. The Word of God has authority. When Jesus Christ was confronted by the devil, what did he use to combat the adversary? It is written. It is written. It is written. He spoke his Father's Word in the face of the devil himself. And what did it say? He had to leave. He, he, couldn't, he couldn't do anything to him. The Word of God has authority. It is the firm rock in the stuff that's going on in the world today and has been going on since the days of Cain. In John chapter 17. John 17. You know, one of these days, um, just like it was last week, one of the kids asked me a question. And they said, Dad, do we ha would you consider that we have libertarian views? It wasn't Liam. <laughs> it was, would you consider that we have libertarian views? Well, I, think, I thought about it for a second. I said, well... Do we have, and I could do two things here. I could one say, well, I could go look up the, what the word libertarian means, because I, I kind of knew, but I wasn't really sure. Or, or I could respond by saying, well, I, would, I agree, yes, we have libertarian views, in as much as the views of libertarians agrees with the word of God. Do you have conservative views? Y yes, we have conservative views, as long as what the conservative views are line up with the word of God. Do you have democratic views, far right, far left, far whatever, vegetarian, unitarian, whatever? Yeah, we, we have those views, as long as it line up with the Word of God. See, I mean, what's the bottom line here? If, if I meet a liberal, democratic, conservative, libertarian, and he believes the Word of God, I agree with him. If he doesn't, I don't. In, who, who are you and what makes you what you are is the Word of God. You are a Christian first and foremost. There is nothing else. There's no other label, no other name tag, no other moniker no other anything that you ever need to assign to yourself or put yourself in a box with because you are a christian and that said if someone comes and agrees with you and i remember you know a uh, man once said if i found truth on the heels of the devil i would take it because in the end 
It's the truth of God's word that lives in your heart. And that's who you are. There's no other, there's no other name. There's nothing else you need to identify with. You identify with Jesus Christ. That's it. That's who you are. That's what people see. And that makes it simple. Someone tells me, and do you agree with this? Well, what do they say? Well, here's five things to say. Well, those three things I agree with, those two things I don't. I'm a Christian. Any other questions? It's simple. The truth is simple. The other stuff is complicated. Then they'll put you in this box, in that category, in this area. And well, what's the point of all that? John 17, verse 6. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. Down to verse 14, please. I have given them thy word. That's what, that's what Jesus Christ did. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. The world hates the word. And so you might wonder the reason for the confusion, the lack of logic, the lack of reason out there. The world hates the word. And those who love God's word are hated by the world. That's why we're told not to love the world or the things of the world. But we're to love the truth. Jesus Christ gave them the truth. Verse 15, I pray... Sorry, verse 14. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Sanctify, set apart. They are not of the world. What sets you and me apart is the truth. It sets you apart from the world, because you speak the truth. And it is the rock that carries you through all the stuff that we're surrounded by. Look at Psalm 12, please. Psalm 12. You know, when we look at these kind of topics, you know, I hope it becomes clear in one sense that because the Word is this important to us and has the effects that we read about, that we give this Word the time that it deserves in our lives. Because if I want stability, if I want, you know, confidence, if I want a firm anchor, firm rock, then, then I, I have to give, give time to this word. The word will not hold its tendency in my life if I don't give it the time it deserves. It just won't. Psalm 19, verse 7. What did I say? Psalm 19. I must be totally confused here. Psalm 19, verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect. Can't get much better than perfect. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord, which is the Word of God, is sure. It is, it is perfect. It is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right. The Word of God is perfect. It's sure, and it's right. Rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous all together. That's it. The Word of God is right. It's pure. It, it cleans us from the inside. It is righteous. It is right. So if you want to be right, everybody, everybody always wants to be right, right? I want to be right. 
If you want to be right, believe God's word. Sometimes the unfortunate side effect that nobody else thinks you're right, but that doesn't matter. You're still right because the word of God is right. The author is right. And you have Christ in you who was right to do what he did, which was to speak his father's word. The word is the firm rock for your life. There's nothing else. You know, they, they promise you all these assets and funds and, you know, trust funds and keep your life. Not, it's, it's the word of God that is, that is your stability in life. Nothing else. The word of God is your stability. And everything in Jesus Christ and the foundation that was laid when Paul taught about the foundation, the foundation was Jesus Christ, the word was Jesus, he is the living word, that's the foundation you live your lives on. Jesus Christ said that you believe my sayings, you're, you, you, live, you, you, you have a firm rock to stand on. It's the word. How much of God's word you know and I know that we believe, that we live, that is the firm rock. That is what keeps you stable in this life. In Second in Timothy chapter 3, Lest you should think that the times that we live in are any different. In 2 Timothy chapter 3. Verse 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Covetous, proud, boasters at the reverse covetous boasters proud blasphemers disobedient to parents unthankful unholy without natural affection truth break truth truth breakers false accusers incontinent fierce despisers of those that are good traitors This is a lovely list. Not the kind of list you want to show up on, is it? Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For, for, For of this sort are they, which creep into houses and lead captive, silly or harmless women, laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. You know, kind of a good description of the world around us at any time. But here Paul was writing about later on. When is that later on? I don't know. All I know is that when you look around you, there's some interesting characteristics here you can easily identify in the world around you. Verse nine, 8, Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, there were people way back even in Moses' day that were like this. So do these also resist the truth. And if you remember in Second Timothy, just a quick reminder for you, chapter 1, they turned away from Paul. Paul said all the Asia has turned away from him. In chapter 2, they had erred concerning the truth of God's word. And here it says they resisted the truth. In chapter 4, they turned away from the truth. The whole thing in Second Timothy is this turning away from the truth of God's word. And Paul warned Timothy about that. Verse 9, but they shall... Sorry, uh, now as Jan, these resist the truth, men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all, as theirs also was. So whatever happened to Janus and Jambres back in the days of Moses, and their folly became openly known, he says, well, these other men, these people do all these things, that folly will eventually be made known. It's not going to be hidden. So, But thou, despite all this stuff that goes on around, at the time 
and you know, in later days when Paul was writing Timothy, he says, Timothy, despite all of this that is going on around you, and you know, if you look around us, is it any different things that going on going on around you? No, it's 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 this doubt and speculation and lack of logic, lack of reason, people who love themselves more than the lovers of God, people who all this stuff. So, you know, that what he told Timothy is still relevant today. In verse 10, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, he said, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, just along the same lines when Jesus Christ said, the world will hate them, will hate them. Yeah, sure, that's why. So you can suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers, verse 13, shall wax worse and worse, deceived, deceiving and being deceived. This is not going to change. But despite this, continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. You know, when Paul wrote this to Timothy, um, he wasn't talking about necessarily the New Testament, was he? Because he was still writing it. And when, when Timothy was a child, when Paul first met him on his journeys through Iconium, Lystra, and Derby, that area, when he first met Timothy, he had been brought up in the scriptures, which was the Old Testament. That's what he knew. So, you know, God's Word, Old Testament, New Testament, it's the Word of God. It's the Word of God that has held ascendancy in all generations. So he says, Timothy, you've known the Scriptures but since when you were a child. Continue thou in those things. And from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, all of it, and is profitable. For doctrine, for reproof, and correction. Now, we hold this stuff to be very, very funda- foundational and fundamental in our lives. Think about it. If you're out there walking around the world and you're hearing what you're hearing these days, you know, and any day for that matter, the illogic, the lack of reason, the lack of truth that's out there, you know, uh, lack of rationality, don't you want to know what to believe? <laughs> Wouldn't you want to be told, hey, just put all that stuff aside now? You know, cut the cut all the subscriptions and things. You know, put all this stuff aside for now and pay attention to this. This is what you should believe. The word of God is profitable for doctrine. This is what you should believe. And by the way, when you don't know what to believe, when things are going not so good, you've kind of gone off the way, it's also good for reproof. It'll tell you. It the word the word will tell you, but it won't tell you or it won't tell me if I don't spend time in it, if I don't listen to it, if I don't think about it. It's not going to just happen. But as we keep our eyes on that foundation, not only are we told what to believe, but when we make mistakes, it brings, it tells us, oh, you're making a mistake here. Okay. And then it says, oh, by the way, you want to get back to it? Okay, here you go. here's Here's a little bit of reproof and correction. Wrong here. I'm going to get you back. And then you can live rightly. Isn't that that what people want in the world? Don't they just want to live rightly? Don't they, don't they just want to know what to believe? And we who you know have s- small understanding of the truth, let's put it that way, have the it's the onus is on us to do what he tells Timothy to do next year, verse seventy. Sorry, seventy. The man of God may be perfect, 
truly furnished unto all good works, ready to handle anything. I charge you, therefore. So he tells Timothy, you know the scriptures. You know the benefit of them. You know what they do for you. You know what's going on around you. You know how to pull yourself out of that. I've taught you, Tim. You, you spent time with me. I taught you, he said. You know how to pull yourself out of it by sticking to the scriptures. But now you, verse 1, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. That's coming. It's happening. He's going to someday come and judge the appearing. And he said, I told Timothy, I charge you before him, preach the word. So you know the benefit. You know the value of it. You know what it does for you. You know from a child what it's done for you. And you know what it's going to do for you in the future. You know someday everything you do in this life is going to be based and judged by the appearing of Jesus Christ. So taking all that into account, Timothy, and this is Paul near the end of his life. This is what was he wrote to Timothy. He said, you preach the word. You preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. What a strong message to a young man. You know, in his life, say, listen, you want to stay firm, you want to stay rooted, you want to stay grounded, you want to know what's right, you want to stay on that, you preach God's word. You stick to the scripture and you preach. You know, is that a, is that a simple message? It's about as simple as it gets. I don't have to figure out what Unitarian, Libertarian, Vegetarian means. I just can believe what the word of God says. It's very simple. We'll close in Psalm 119. Psalm 119. In some respects, it must have broke Timothy's heart to get that letter from Paul. Considering what was going on around when all they had turned away from Paul. Psalm 119, verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to thy word. It's the word of God that cleans from the inside. Verse 10. With my whole heart have I sought thee. O let me not wander from thy commandments. You know, what a great, you know, what a, that, that's something we keep in our minds. Don't let me wander. I don't want to wander. I want to stay firm, strictly in the word of God. So here the psalmist was writing, you know, don't let me wander. Don't let me get off God's word. Verse 20. My soul breaketh for the longing that it hath unto thy judgments at all times. Verse 24. Thy testimonies are also my delight and my counselors. What gift keeps you on the straight path? What allows you to stay firm? God's word. There is counselors and his delight. Verse 31. I have stuck <laughs> unto thy testimonies. I have stuck. Oh Lord, put me not to shame. I have stuck. You want to have your firm feet firmly planted? He says, I have stuck thy testimonies. Yeah, but so and so says this. Yeah, but I tried this and I I have stuck thy testimonies. I will not move from God's word, is what he said. I am stuck on God's word. Verse 46. Just a little sampling of some of the verses in this wonderful book. Chapter, verse 46. I will speak of thy testimonies also before kings and will not be ashamed. Wow. I will speak. You want to speak God's word? It doesn't matter where you are. To king... Popper doesn't matter. Every, everything in between. The word of God is what they need to hear. And he said, the psalmist said, 
I'm going to speak before kings and I am not going to be ashamed of God's word. Verse 71. The law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. 83. For I am become like a bottle in the smoke, yet do I not forget thy statutes. Remember that? We learned that wonderful verse. So all the trouble that was surrounding him where he might have felt destitute like that bottle of you know, milk or water hanging in the smoke. Remember that? He says, in the middle of even all that, I'm not going to forget your word. And Jesus Christ later on told people, that's coming. You know, it's, you're going to serve persecution. Even Paul told him, it's going to happen. Stick to the word. And that's exactly what he said here. I will not forget thy word. 89. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. That's pretty strong, pretty solid, pretty solid rock. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Verse 97. Oh, oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Thou, through thy commandments, hast made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for they, thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. More than history, more than historical stuff, more than the knowledge of the day, more than all this, the Word of God is what keeps you wise. That's the wisdom that's worth something. Verse 104. Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. 133. Order my steps in thy word, and let not iniquity, any iniquity, have dominion over me. Verse 152. Concerning thy testimonies, I have known of old that thou hast founded them forever. Verse 160. Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. See, it is the word of God that is a firm rock and sea of speculation and ocean of doubt by which we are surrounded. The word of God that we know from God's word, we know from the living word who is Jesus Christ, the revealed word given to you when necessary. It's the word of God that will allow you to stand despite the storms of life, the wind and ocean and all the other stuff that comes your way. So let's give the Word of God the, the ascendancy it deserves in our lives. And like, you know, like Paul preached to Timothy, told Timothy, you preach it, be instant, instant out of season, out of, whenever, when it's convenient, when it's not convenient, we make known God's Word. It's the best thing you can do for anybody, whether it's a king, and not be ashamed to speak before a king or anybody else. It's the best thing that you know. It's the best wisdom you know. It's the best thing you carry is God's Word. So, it's the firm rock for our lives. God bless.